more than football, more than wine, more than rugby, more than cars. And yes, of course, I understand that there are lots of women into those things too. I think beauty is much more important than those things because it's how you represent yourself. It's how you express yourself to the world. It's literally our our physical identity. And so I would say it's much more important than football or wine or cars. Hi and welcome to Beauty from the Heart. This is a place where I, Rose Gallagher, am going to share conversations with some of the best people I've met through years of working in the beauty industry. This first series is dedicated to people that I think are inspiring positive change and using their voices for the power of good. To kick off the podcast, my very first guest is Sally Hughes and I'm so pleased because for me, when I'm thinking who inspires positive change, she's the first person that springs to mind and I'm so delighted to have her today. So Sally co-founded a charity called The Beauty Banks with Joe Jones in early 2018 and their aim with the charity is to supply basic hygiene supplies to people in need in various capacities across the country. Um, Sally is the beauty director at The Guardian. She's the author of three books. Pretty Honest is my favourite of the three, if you want to have a read. She does loads of things. She's often on BBC Women's Hour. She hosts a Soho radio show. There's her amazing In the Bathroom series on YouTube that I'd recommend you to have a look at, especially Catelyn Moran's episode. But really, for me, one of the reasons why I just wanted to have her on is she's definitely one of the kindest people I've met. And she knows the power and influence that she has, especially among the beauty industry. And she always, always speaks up and uses her voice to impact positive change. So this is Sally talking beauty banks. We have made the journey from London to Brighton. We've all got a champagne on the go. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't expect anything less for a Saturday lunchtime at Sally's. And today we just want to delve into... Everything to do with Sally's world of beauty. God, that's daunting, isn't it? I'm ready though. You can ask me anything. Well, the reason I wanted to ask you in particular is I think that you love makeup as much as me. Mm -hmm. You love skincare, beauty products, Mm -hmm. everything. But what I love about you is you really put two fingers up to anybody that would suggest that you can't be interested in makeup and be interested in other important things. Mm-hmm. I think there's such a notion that, you know, don't you worry having an opinion on politics if you're talking about lipstick all day. And I just don't agree with that at all. And you're someone I think that does that really well. Well, you know why that is, don't you? You know why you're not supposed to like the two things at one and the same time is because beauty is considered to be a female pursuit. And so if you have a great passion and enthusiasm for a very female pursuit, particularly if you have a passion for surface, then you're perceived to have no depth. But actually, there are lots of political commentators who talk about football a lot. There are lots of news journalists or proper political columnists who also write about cars. Um, but they are never accused of being tunnel vision the way a woman who's into clothes or beauty or cooking or whatever it would be. Because classically, female pursuits, you're meant to stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. You're meant to, you know, not try and lift your pretty little head towards anything else. But it's mad because actually I would say that more than football, more than wine, more than rugby, more than cars. And yes, of course, I understand that there are lots of women into those things too. 
um, but those classically stereotypical male pursuits, I think beauty is much more important than those things because it's how you represent yourself. It's how you express yourself to the world. It's how it's often an indicator of how you feel inside. It's often a booster of how you feel inside. Um, It's literally our, our physical identity. And so I would say it's much more important than football or wine. I definitely think it's such an indicator of what you're feeling inside. I I had a conversation with my sister years ago about um, a late auntie of ours. She was just, she was such a huge part of our lives and she passed away really suddenly. She was an alcoholic, so she wasn't well as such, but we just really never saw it come in. We both noticed that because she was so groomed all the time, was just immaculate, whatever was going on. And you knew she was in a bad way when her nails went. If she came round and her nails weren't done, that was, if you've missed that, given how much all of that means to you, there's something else going on. I think sometimes it can just... um, it can just be a real indicator of do you feel fab in yourself enough to do those things if you enjoy doing them? That's true. And we know, we know, for example, that in people who are seriously depressed, one of the things that can commonly happen to people who are very depressed is that they lose interest in their outward appearance or they lose interest in personal hygiene. Certainly that doesn't happen every time, but it's a very common uh, mm-hmm. sign um, that's acknowledged by mental health professionals that a loss of um, interest in your outward appearance and in your personal hygiene can indicate that there's something deeper going on. But it's also... Um, indicative in reverse I think in that if I feel really really terrible um I want to put my armor on yeah and so it's the thing that helps me I haven't been depressed in a really long time but I but I've certainly suffered from depression in the past and it's the thing that makes me ready to face the world and no judgment if the opposite is true if you just you know if you really can't face it that's fine too but in my case I suppose I was just brought up in a family where you didn't really show your problems, where you just kind of put your best foot forward and put your lipstick on, pulled yourself together, as Elizabeth Taylor would say. Uh, And so, yeah, very often if I'm feeling really terrible, that's the thing that gets me out the door. Of course. Um, One of the things that I think over the years, actually, you've been very vocal about is how those moments can actually be quite significant in the bad times I remember reading actually you said about how you'd agonized over which lipstick to wear to your dad's funeral Mm -hmm. yeah and which perfume and I think the thing about going through a crisis whether it's a bereavement or serious illness is that everything or you've just had a baby or like a serious life change I think you you can very often feel at sea like everything is upside down and everything is in disarray and so you kind of want to grab hold of the thing that feels normal to you or you want to try and control the narrative and so but before my father's funeral I thought okay, what lipstick am I going to wear? What perfume am I going to wear? Of course, it was Chanel number five, because that is the thing that makes me feel moored to something. That's the thing that makes me feel anchored. Um, It's the thing that makes me feel myself and that something is normal. Something is the same. And I think that's really, really true. Well, I don't think it's it's definitely true um, of some women um, who 
are going through cancer treatment, for example, and again, certainly not all, whatever's right for you, but there are lots of women who, when they're undergoing cancer treatment, they, they, they want to wear their makeup. They want to look nice because that's the thing that makes them feel normal. And that's the thing that protects their privacy. And I think everyone's entitled to that, to just feel themselves when everything's a bit upside down. And actually to that point, I think it's really interesting. Um, I have volunteered with Look Good, Feel Better for Mm -hmm. quite a while. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really struck me with that is... So for anyone that doesn't know about Look Good, Feel Better, they basically, they host masterclasses all over the country. Um, If you know someone undergoing cancer treatment, I would really recommend you look into booking them onto a session. And basically they teach you from scratch um, how to do your makeup, how to look after your skin during that time. So after a masterclass, maybe a parent or um, a child or a partner would come and pick up this lady from their masterclass. And actually it was amazing. I would expect the women to be the ones that had the wow moment, but sometimes it was the husband Mm -hmm. that thought, oh my God, she just looks like herself again. Mm -hmm. Or a child that thought, mommy looks well again Mm -hmm. she's gonna be fine Mm -hmm. like it's such it's such a crucial thing I think having that relationship with your own body and your own Mm self-esteem during a time of crisis but times of crisis is something I think that you noticed so I'm going to take us back to last year 2018 Mm -hmm. You were having conversations with Joe Jones mm-hmm. about kind of the lavishness of things that all of us in the beauty industry get to experience and how it contrasted to poverty that you were reading about. Um, what were some of the initial conversations you were having with Joe back so, in that time? So Joe Jones is a, a beauty PR. She's a very senior beauty PR. Like she's mega. She's mm-hmm. a really big deal uh, beauty PR. And she's also a deeply good person. And so we would meet up every kind of eight weeks to talk about what new products her brands were coming out with. And we noticed that gradually our conversations were pretty much taken over by world events and how upset we were about certain things in government, in overseas government, in the referendum and everything. Alongside that, so I also uh, write about non-beauty related things and broadcast about non-beauty related things. So around that time, I was making a documentary for BBC Wales about homelessness in Cardiff and well in South Wales generally. And so I went home to make that and I went to um, various homeless shelters in Cardiff and in the outskirts. And in one of them, um, I saw two cardboard boxes at reception and inside there were just like tiny oddments of toiletries, you know, a couple of individually wrapped tampons, a couple of tiny bars of soap from hotels, you know, a razor, a disposable razor, just bits and pieces, oddments in this box and... I asked the staff about it and they said, well, we bring those in from home because if one of our clients has like a housing meeting or a benefits meeting or a child services meeting or a job interview or something of that nature, then they need to be able to shave. They need to be able to keep themselves clean. If it's a female client and she has um, her period, she needs protection and these people don't have enough money. So I took a photograph of the boxes and texted it to Joe and said, this is bullshit. Like we, we need to do something about this. And she said, 
I think exactly the same thing. She had been talking to a friend of hers who's a school teacher in London who was taking in toiletries for kids. He was just tossing them into his trolley in Sainsbury's or whatever and taking them into for the kids because they couldn't concentrate or they were being bullied because they didn't smell very nice or they weren't coming into school because they had their period and they didn't have any protection. And so we just decided to act. And then finally, along the same time, one day my doorbell goes and there is a courier there with a massive cardboard box. I open the cardboard box. Inside is another cardboard box and bits of polystyrene. Inside that is another cardboard box with glittery streamers in. And I open that third box and there is a postcard in it saying, coming soon, the beauty launch of the year. I remember this exact launch. And it was a mascara. Yeah. And I just thought, this is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. Just send me the mascara send me the information I'll try it and if I like it I'll write about it this is just nonsense all this crap in terms of sustainability in terms of cost just the whole thing feels quite gauche and off to me yeah at this time in the world's development it just feels wrong and so we thought we have all these brands who have lots of money and an awful lot of product and we know people who desperately need the product. So let's put those two things together. And Joe said, let's call it. So we decided it was like a food bank but yeah. for beauty products and toiletries. And she said, let's call it beauty banks. So I wrote my column about it two days later and then it went bananas. It went bananas. And yeah. what I thought was so wonderful to watch was my kind of experience of just watching this unfold was that I saw you post it up and kind of I interpreted it as a bit of a call to the industry Mm -hmm. to say okay we know so many big brands with power behind them with resources please get involved but what actually happened was that individuals jumped Mm -hmm. on it and Mm -hmm. said, what can I do? And so you had this real merge of brands that wanted to offer support and people that it just resonated with that said, no, I want to get involved with this as well. Yeah. So, so both things happen. As you say, the industry rallied massively. We were all over the telly in the radio and in magazines within 24 hours. Loads of brands sent things. Lots of brands have continued to support us and been totally, totally amazing. But to be completely brazenly honest with you, the reason I posted it on Instagram is because I thought brands are much more likely to help when they know everyone is looking. And so at this point, right, so... Joe was um, had found a space at TCS yes. to kind of house these donations, and I remember it was just everybody kind of piled in because you've been to help us haven't you and it you know it's a lot so julietta who owns the communication store which again is a big pr company for fashion beauty lifestyle and whatever in london who joe was working for and still works for in fact uh she julietta said okay take some space here's a couple of rooms um you can use our kind of postage they gave us some courier money stuff like that yeah they just kind of helped out but of course it's massive now and so that's not really sustainable long term and I remember you telling me there was one particular friend of yours that would just do the run he'd drive it to yeah, this place or that does. place and you know one of the things I kind of another thing I thought was amazing I initially thought maybe it would be exclusively for homeless shelters Mm -hmm. 
but there's loads of places that need these resources, oh, no, isn't yeah, there? It's it doesn't definitely stop there. not. No, it's definitely not exclusively homeless shelters. So we deal with food banks across the country, and mm-hmm. um, those operated by Trussell Trust and others. Um, we deal with women's refuges. We deal with schools. Sadly, uh, we have some schools who receive product from us um, who desperately need it. We serve an NHS trust. We serve um, various church projects who help local people. We have served um, the Grenfell services. We have served all manner of charities, young people's homeless charities, family centres. Basically, anyone who desperately needs toiletries, we'll try to help. If someone wanted to contribute, what's the easiest way for you? Is it still the donation? Is it the e-show method? Is it, I would also love to ask you, the super drug um, Dropbox stations. Okay. So there are many ways you can help and, um, you can find our website and there's a frequently asked question section on there, which I wrote myself. So I know it's all accurate. This is all laid out very clearly and expansively on there, but in brief, the ways you can help us. So firstly, Esho, which is E-A-S-H-O.co.uk, um, is an online retailer who where you can buy toiletries in bulk. And as you said, they will send them directly to us. But the joy of doing it through eShow, for those of you who are concerned with sustainability issues, mm-hmm. which we definitely are, we always try and keep that at the forefront of our minds. And um, the joy of eShow is if you buy something for us, say if you bought us something on Amazon, which is how we started out doing Amazon wish list before we moved over to eShow. Right. Say if you bought six deodorants, Amazon would pack up those six deodorants and they would send them to us in a jiffy bag with loads of packaging and we'd get your six deodorants. Then say if somebody else bought us six bars of soap, the same thing would happen again and it would all arrive separately with different couriers from all over the country. What Esho does is every time you buy us something on Esho, they put it in the corner of the warehouse. Oh, fantastic. And they keep putting things in the corner of the warehouse until they've got a pallet's worth. Then without superfluous packaging, no polystyrene bits, no jiffy bags, none of that crap. They just put it naked on a pallet and then they deliver it all at the same time to our warehouse, which cuts down massively. Yeah. Or they keep it in the warehouse and we ask them to send it to somewhere like Scotland or the Northeast, somewhere that's quite hard for us to reach and we get it sent direct from there, which saves us loads of money. It saves massively on carbon footprint in terms of the freight it saves hugely on packaging. And so it's by far the most cost-effective, sustainable way to donate. Unless you want to donate local, which is also extremely sustainable. Yes. So if you go onto our Instagram account, which is the Beauty Banks, on our homepage, there is a folder called Beauty Spots. And if you click on that folder, every single beauty spot, which is our drop-off points um, in the country, is listed on there. And when you do that, you can take your unused toiletries and they do have to be unused. That's really important because for health and safety reasons, if you use something, we can't give it away. If you take your unused toiletries to one of those beauty spots, your donation will stay in your area, which is really lovely because it means no petrol or very little petrol, no couriers, no vans. It means that we will partner that beauty spot up with a local charity and they just deliver or pick up locally. So whatever you give in your area will stay there. And I think that's a really powerful point as well because... As much as it's great giving to the charity shop, and I don't dispute that, that's another great thing to do, but then someone still has to go and buy that. And if you are really struggling, you might not have even 
that many to go and do that well the other thing that happens as well is if you donate something super lovely to a charity shop often bargain hunters will go in and get it really cheap and that doesn't actually give a poor person a coat no and so it is a brilliant thing to do because often the money then will go back into projects and I'm not criticizing it at all but there are different ways of donating to charity that have a slightly different outcome exactly and so I think what I really took from the whole movement was just ask a few more questions, Mm -hmm. ask nearby, even things like, you know, to your point, your school, if you're going to school every day on the school run, it's worth asking the question, you know, do you give these kinds of supplies or whatever it Mm -hmm. is? Because if you're in boots getting your three for two anyway, which everything always is three Mm -hmm. for two in boots, you know, what's the harm in that third thing going towards this? And it's no additional inconvenience to anybody you're there anyway a hundred percent and also likewise I mean there are beauty spots all over the country lots of them are nail bars hair salons beauty salons and so on which is great because it means the community is really kind of being galvanized and we love that but also uh super drug in Manchester um you can donate to uh, one of the four main branches of Superdrug in Manchester and and more super drugs are rolling out nationwide as we go along Um, And so if you just drop them in there, anything that people often say, you know, what do you need? And there is a section on the website that tells you exactly what we need. However, if you're short on time and you don't know what to give, just think about what you use every day to get yourself to work. That's the stuff we need because other people need to use them too. And it is shocking. Like we were coming out of the pub a few months ago and a lady came up to us and, you know, she was clearly homeless or in a lot of trouble and she didn't need money she needed a tampon yeah and I just thought oh my gosh like I got my period this week had the worst day ever felt really unwell felt really groggy and I just had this moment of I feel horrible today and Mm -hmm. I've got everything I need to make this as comfortable as possible what the hell would this be like if I didn't have those things it's it's very hard I think for people to put themselves in, in someone's shoes like that so for example it's died off a bit now but I used to get tons and tons of messages on social media and emails saying well we think you should be distributing moon cups you shouldn't be distributing uh, tampons and sanitary towels because they're environmentally irresponsible it's so interesting because that is such a privileged statement you are assuming that somebody else has hot running water first of all to keep a moon cup clean which very very many of our clients don't Um, you are assuming that culturally um, an invasive form of protection is appropriate. So many Which cultures, many cultures, it's not many cultures. Um, you only use external protection. Um, you are also relying on unpaid volunteers in food banks to talk to young girls about their vaginal period protection, which is totally inappropriate. So, so very often you'll have a lovely old man who's, uh, volunteering his time to be at a food bank is he going to sit down with a 13 year old girl and tell her she'd be much better off putting something inside her vagina do you know what I mean I'm sorry to be crude but that's the reality right and we have to be very very careful about assuming that other people are able to make the privileged consumer choices 
that we are able to. There is a privilege associated with the things we buy and the things that we choose to use. I'm sorry, but there are literally little girls sitting in puddles in their classroom and it is not for us to impose our privileged choices on them. People who have the least have the least choices and we can't expect them to have the myriad choices we do just because it suits our values. I think it is people's People who have the most choices have the most responsibility to make the ethical choice. How did your friends react to this? Um, they, they were incredibly helpful. Some people just blew our minds with the contribution they made. Sam McKnight put his personal wardrobe on sale up for auction and gave us the money to pay for couriers to get into Scotland where he's from. Oh my god! Initially we couldn't get into Scotland because it's so far away. The courier cost is so prohibitive. It would have been cheaper for us to send them boots or super drug vouchers, frankly. It's so far away. Um, so Sam wanted us to be able to get into Scotland. So he sold his couture bespoke Vivian West would stuff star and gave us the money mary greenwell the makeup artist was literally on her hands and knees for 12 <laughs> hours packing things up you know she was amazing brands like i mean so many brands have helped us i hate to call out individual brands but some of them are just ridiculously beyond the call of duty babyliss for example babyliss have done so so much for us it's beyond a joke Burt's Bees is another one who's just donated thousands and thousands and thousands of units I remember us. this at the time Percy and Reed Percy and Reed very very good you know some brand yes to you know that brand yes, yes to they've been amazing some brands have really kind of shone for us have really been amazing Estee Lauder companies got Joe and I to give a speech on International Women's Day and they donated 15 a 15 pounds voucher for every single member of staff who attended and hundreds of people attended and you know some some companies have really really gone all out and obviously there's Superdrug who've worked so closely with us so it, it's been you know charity is not a, a selfless act in that it really makes you feel good like it uh, Joe and I were in despair about all sorts of things and suddenly we were like, actually, there are really decent people in our industry. We get bag after bag after bag mm -hmm. of products every single day. Mm -hmm. And this is in juxtaposition with this poverty crisis. How's that relationship going to be sustained or change? Obviously, we're trying to encourage brands to give us everything that they don't need. And so whenever packaging changes, we want it whenever um so often beauty companies will consider something out of date if it's going to be out of date within the next 18 months well ah. people, people are in crisis now so we'll take it now of course um but because of health and safety they don't want it on the shop shelves if it's if right. it's going to go out of date within the next kind of 12 18 months but we'll have it now that's great we'll take it and get rid of it really quickly so that's a really great way of cutting down on waste mm -hmm. um and we're in constant dialogue with certain brands. Yeah, if there's a packaging change, if there's a name change, if a formulation's being tweaked or something, we'll take all the old stuff very gladly. So that's good. In terms of what we get, I, do you know, I struggle with this. So on the one hand, sometimes I think it's wasteful. Like I don't need 36 foundations delivered to my house. That would be my number one. Um, I would like you to pick out four around my color so take a guess and then four around my color and then it will get used and if I like it I will write about it if you send me the wrong color I'm never going to write about it because I don't know I can't test it um, and then I would like a sheet of paper or an email with the full color spectrum so I can see how many shades there are yes things like that for example are wasteful but the rest I feel torn about 
I feel this whole beauty um, product sample thing slightly bothers me that everybody's kind of very interested in this at the moment. Like, oh, well, these are press samples, so it's not an objective opinion. Literally, the opposite is true. I completely agree. Literally, the opposite is true. If you think that somebody like me getting free beauty products makes for a biased review, you are literally 180 degrees wrong. And the reason for that is... If I bought beauty products, if I bought every new product that comes out, which is literally what I'm sent, if I bought every new beauty product that came out, first of all, that's impossible. Nobody in the world has that much money unless they're like an oligarch, right? So I could never afford to do that. So I would have to make a purchasing decision. I would choose things that are for a white woman who's 44 years old, who likes certain brands, who likes certain packaging. That's what I would spend my money on because that's a purchasing choice and that is a biased choice. That is not an impartial choice. And so I'd never get any surprises. I would never discover anything for women with oily skin because I've got dry skin. I would never discover anything for rosacea because I don't have rosacea. I'd never feature anything for women of color because I'm Caucasian because my choice would be biased because I would have have to put money on the line for it. And so what happens is every single brand sells me, sends me every product and then it's a level playing field. I have all of beauty to choose from. I am able to be surprised by things. I'm able to discover things where it's maybe a brand I don't feel I'm into because it's there. It's in front of me. It's sent to me. And the only way to do completely comprehensive, unbiased beauty coverage is through press samples. That is just a fact. Yeah. And if you are asking somebody to make a purchasing decision, then it is a biased decision. I think it's so the wrong way around. I was in Superdrug recently and a woman came up to me and she said, oh, are you Sally Hughes? She was ever so nice. She said, are you Sally Hughes? And I said, yes. And she said, oh, it's so nice to see you in Superdrug buying things properly the way you're supposed to. And and the implication was it was such a compliment to me because everyone else gets stuff free and I'm doing it the right way. I'm doing it with integrity. And I said, no, no, I'm buying razor blades, toothpaste, things that I have to pay for. Yeah. I said, I don't buy beauty products because that's not fair. Everybody's sends them to me for free, the way a film critic can see any film for free, the way a motoring critic is sent cars that he wouldn't instinctively spend 35 grand on to test drive. Any critic, a restaurant critic doesn't choose a restaurant that they love the look of. They go to a restaurant that people want to know about. And that is the job. And I don't know why beauty critics are subject to different rules in people's eyes than an other kind of critic. The way to have unbiased criticism is by offering a sampling of the overall industry. And based on my experience with those products, I will act. Sending me a free product gets you precisely nothing because everyone does it. No one's ahead of the game. What do you say when someone says to you, you're so lucky, Sally, having that job? I am lucky. You are? How Does amazing. it not annoy you a bit? If someone says that to me, I am lucky. I love my job. I really do. But I'm not lucky. I work really hard. Of course. I'm very grateful to have my job. But I feel like there's this preconception when you're in the beauty industry that you're just fanny about with makeup all day. Well, I have quite strong feelings about luck because I really hate people who say everything happens for a reason and believe in fate because I think fate's bollocks. I think... See, I love... No. This is my whole world. So (laughs) I... um, 
I believe that good things happen when luck and hard work combine. Very true. And if you get a bit of luck, success is acknowledging when you get a bit of luck and working incredibly hard to exploit that piece of luck. And so I do feel lucky, but I also work incredibly hard. And I think good things come from those two things combined. What's your favorite? I tell you why. Sorry to interrupt. I tell you why it's so important to believe in luck is that I, we deal with clients through beauty banks. It's not that they're not working hard enough. They were just born into rotten, bloody luck. They were in a care system that failed them or they were in a deeply troubled home. And it's not that they're not trying. It's not that they're not thinking positively. It's not that everything happens for a reason. They were just born incredibly unlucky and they just need a bit of a hand. And I think if we take the view that everything happens for a reason, then we have to take the view that shitty things happen to people for a reason and it's somehow their fault or they're not sending out the right signals to the universe. And that's why I hate the idea of fate. I know what you mean because, don't get me wrong, I am the most... Law of Attraction, spiritual, but what I think is you have to, you have to act with those beliefs. I have those beliefs, but I don't sit and do nothing. And equally on the flip side. No, 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 I agree with you. You're still responsible for your actions and there are still repercussions for your actions. You still have to be a good person. It doesn't absolve you from being a good person. And if you are good to people, people are more likely to help you in return, think well of you. That is beyond dispute. But there are things, there are events that happen in our lives that are beyond our control. And I don't want people to think that bad stuff happens to people because somehow that's what has been decided for them based on their actions because really, really shitty things happen to good people all the time. Um, Who comes up on your page and you just think, you have bloody broken the mould there and we need a few more of you? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I love Deja. She's great. Deja Iadeli on... um, Instagram. She's kind of created her whole thing. I love, love, love Sharmadine Reed. I think she's incredible. She's like a powerhouse. She's so intelligent and so entrepreneurial. I think she's so innovative and rebellious and campaigning. I think she's terrific, Sharmadine. She's really a good thing for the beauty industry. I love Sam and Nick Pixie Woo. They're working class girls and they work so hard. They are good people. They are not mean to anyone. They um, started on the shop floor. They started working behind a Mac counter and they're just grafters. Yeah, they're good people and they, I quite like that they've stayed in their hometown as well. I I think that's nice. Ambassadors for Norwich. And they've got, you know, they've got a proper talent and they've got a lovely way with people. And I've worked with them loads of times and they're, they're great. They're a force for good. And that's important, I think, because staying in your hometown like I have just moved to London now Mm -hmm. and I'm 29 Mm -hmm. and I've been in Birmingham that whole time I've had my blog for coming up nine years and the message up until very recently that you used to get was if you're not from London just don't even bother really that's how I used to feel I used to just feel like there's no way of getting yourself off the ground for years my days off I used to work at Selfridges in Birmingham yeah 
which I loved. Friends for life, they're hilarious. That's how we met. That's how we met. But like, I'd have a day off in the week and then I'd have a Sunday off. And the day off in the week, I'd always come to London for the day. Because oh, I thought, really? if I'm not here, if I'm not seen, it won't happen. And now I feel like we're in Brighton with you. Yeah. Sam and Nick are in Norwich. Yeah. If you actually think, if I Ruth think... Ruth Crilly's in Somerset. Thank you. A lot of the people that I have the most respect for don't even I bloody live there anywhere. I think I'm right. That makes me laugh. I, I love it. I think I'm right in saying in the fro is in Manchester, is she not? Oh, I don't the, know actually the, where she is. There's quite a few people uh, regionally now it's good isn't it but again it's a nice I think, message but again I think because social media allows you to create content from wherever you are you don't have to be working in a glossy magazine in central London so it so it brings lots of lots more talent to the pool people who either can't afford to move to London or don't want to for whatever reason it allows them to feel in the center of things because the center of things is the internet I really do believe in, in in that saying, you know, you can't be what you can't see. If you don't have role models who look a little bit like you in some way, who are from where you're from or from the same class as you or, or the same experience as you, how can you aspire to be something that doesn't exist? And that's why visibility is really important. One of the things I was going to ask you is... If someone was listening and I suppose the whole kind of purpose of the podcast for me is inspiring positive change yeah right if you could give an action that you would love people to take away from this and do what would you love to see more people doing as consumers or content providers hate that term Ah, it sounds mad doesn't it why don't we do both I don't know I mean none of us none of us do enough because there are a million things to talk about but I I never ever ever assume when I'm writing my column that I'm talking to a white woman ever and so I will always make sure that if it's a product that would specifically suit one ethnicity more than the other I I will always say Um, and so just that simple thing of of bearing in mind that not everyone you're writing for looks like you they're not all your age they're not all the same skin type they're not all the same skin color Um, I, I never ever ever have a woman in mind when I'm writing the column. And so I think that's, um, that's a very quick and useful thing that you can do. Um, there've been various jobs I've rejected over the years because it includes a large lineup of women who all look the same. And so I've said, actually, I can't do that because I I don't want to be complicit in that campaign but also you have to explain why you have to explain why you're not doing it and so quite often I'll be asked to do a tv thing that I think is sort of a a bit dodgy along those lines and me just saying I'm busy what's the point in that no of course so you have to explain why you're not doing it that's one thing actually someone only showed me a couple of weeks ago that Estee laundry page oh yeah um it's basically like a call out culture for the beauty industry. Uh-huh. One thing that doesn't sit well with me about it is just put your name to it. If you've got an issue, write in and say, my name is Rose and I have an issue with this. This kind of anonymous culture to your point doesn't help anything. Whereas a conversation to say, do you know something? That lady Sally that you told me to reach out to that we really wanted, she said she couldn't do it for these reasons. We need to give that some thought. Yeah, I see, I personally wouldn't go on social media and name and shame those people because I think you have to have to give people the opportunity to make the right decision. So quite often there have been things that I haven't wanted 
wanted to do and I've said I'm not going to do this and this is why and they've taken it on board and come back to me and said you're right and they've changed yeah they've changed the event or something and so you have to give people the opportunity to have a a learning moment I think I've certainly had millions myself along the way there are things I would have done differently in the past because you're constantly reassessing the situation thinking how can I do more how can I do better so I wouldn't call out personally I'm not really into that kind of thing because I think most people want to do the right thing but they're institutionally ignorant of things and if you point out things to them then they'll they'll rejig accordingly and I'd rather that I'd rather bring out change than than get a pylon going and uh, you know there is a pylon culture at the moment I feel I just don't think it's helpful and also it allows the people piling on to feel like they're doing something positive when actually they're they're just being horrible to someone I can't see how that brings about change personally I can't see how that elicits positive change and perfection is the enemy of progress if you expect everyone in the world to be perfect and for their behavior to be immaculate in 2019 then you are holding back progress because no one is and so if everyone just needs to get in the bin because they have imperfect things in their houses and they make imperfect choices then we cannot progress I feel the same about animal testing. I feel the same about all sorts of things. Like sometimes, say if I post something from, say, Aveda or It Cosmetics, and I'll say it's cruelty-free, and people say, well, Aveda's owned by Estee Lauder, and It Cosmetics is owned by L'Oreal, and they have brands that sell in China. And it's like, look, do you want to show a massive international business that an ethical decision is a profitable one, or do you just want to slam them and say, screw them, every good decision they make is, is worthless to me because there are things I find wrong with the rest of their company? Yeah. Like, what do you want to happen? Now, that's fine. If you just want to buy little organic brands locally, I can see the honor and the nobility in that. But personally, I want to see change. And there is no way of seeing change unless you engage with the ethical decisions of massive global businesses. They are here. They rule the world. And if they make good decisions and you just slag them off regardless and boycott them regardless, you are stopping change from progressing. I've never thought of that as an answer, but that's such a good one that I will use. Me not, but I mean, I personally, I don't go to Starbucks because I don't, I don't love their coffee, to be perfectly honest. However, if Starbucks make a fair trade and ethical coffee and you say, ugh, ugh, it's so fake, it's so fake, it's so token. Okay, well, that's fine. You're just letting Starbucks know that there's no point making a good yes. decision and just to carry on making bad decisions. And Starbucks is not going to close because you said on the internet you're not going to buy their ethical coffee. Starbucks is going to make more and more ethical decisions if you support with your purchasing decisions their ethical decisions. So I suppose that would kind of answer what can a consumer do. But is there anything else that you think, you know, what? how can we harness the power of the beauty industry for, for positive change? Uh, There's loads you can do. Obviously, the main thing you can do is vote for your wallet. So um, with your wallet, I have found a massive change in beauty brands over the years. I was saying uh, this the other day to somebody in the past, I've been in this industry for decades. And in the past, you big beauty brands would be so bland and so obsessively unopinionated, like they would never speak about anything because they were so corporate. And it was infuriating. It was absolutely frustrating. Um, But 
a few months ago, I don't know if you remember, there was a big scandal where um, a YouTuber in the Middle East had made a video that seemed that appeared to advocate modern slavery. She was complaining that domestic staff in the Middle East now were allowed to keep their passports and how bad that was. But she made this video furious that her housekeeper was going to get to hang on to her own passport because this meant she could walk out at any time. I mean, it was really, really jaw-droppingly awful. And um, quite a few of my readers uh, contacted me and said, what are you going to do about this? She has worked with Mac and Maybelline and various other brands in the past. What are you going to do? So I wrote to Mac and said, look, this has happened. My readers want to know what's going on. Can you tell me what the position, what your position is on this? Yeah. And I know that 10 years ago, whichever brand in this industry I'd have contacted, I would have got a very anodyne statement saying, we are not aware of these comments or these have nothing to do with us. And of course, this is not our policy, but we are not responsible for other people's co-. It would have been like that. Within an hour, I got an email back from Mac who were like, no, we will never be working with her again. We are disgusted and appalled by the statements we've heard. Our relationship, although it hasn't existed for some years now, will never exist again. And it was so strange forward and yeah. so direct. And then I was able to forward it to people who were asking me. And I, my point here is, and that's a slight tangent, but my point here is that more than, well, for the first time ever, brands know that in 2019, products in terms of quality are never going to fall below a a certain standard because research and development and scientific advances are such that product generally these days is very good Mm -hmm. across the board, whether it's Maybelline or Sleek or, you know, or Miss Sporty or Rimmel, it's never really going to fall below a particular standard. So what differentiates you now as a brand, your value system? Yeah. And brands more than ever, or for the first time ever are saying, this is what we believe in. It was really funny. The other day I posted about um, the incredibly awful um, laws against women's reproductive freedom in America at the moment. Yes. And um, a brand liked my post, which would never have happened before. A beauty brand liked my post. And somebody alerted me to a bit of a shitstorm going on on their page a few hours later. And I looked... What, because Yeah, and I looked on their page, the brand's page, and a woman said... I'm never going to buy from you now. I know that you believe in killing babies or like some totally mad thing. But what was really interesting about it, she said that and about a hundred women below said, well, I am, I'm now going to buy your brand or this just reinforces my belief that you're a good brand because you believe in reproductive freedom. Now, that would never have happened a few years ago. And I think women now want some want a brand. They know the product's probably going to be good, but they want a brand to actually align with their beliefs. I and think so that's what you do. You spend your money with people who align with your beliefs. I think there's too much going on in the world now. I know there's always been a lot going on historically, but I just watch the news now and think that I can't believe what I'm watching or hearing or seeing and you have more respect for people and brands that do outline where they stand set out your stalls say what you're about absolutely and buying into any big brand involves compromises behind any brand in any industry in the world there's going to be like a bad dude somewhere in the food chain right we know that so it involves it, it involves compromise at every step so you just have to think what it's at the top of my list right now. And obviously lots of us are freaking out about reproductive freedom. And to see a brand go, actually, 
this matters to us too. I mean, not so much to take them seriously because I already do take my industry seriously, but I definitely doff my cap to the boldness of it. You have to stand for something. On from that, is there a person or a brand that you think at the moment is really inspiring positive change through their work, through starting a conversation? Um, I think probably the most inspiring industry person I've met in recent years is probably Sharma Dean. I think Sharma Dean Reed is incredible what she does. I just think she's she's a woman on a mission and she's got the brains and the talent, I think, to see it through and the ambition and the graft to see it through. So I think she's like she properly bowled me over. Um, I think in terms of brands, well, you know what my favorite brand is. I'm I'm unashamedly biased. My favorite brand is Soapco, uh, which is uh, under the Beco umbrella. So uh, Beco and Soapco, same organization. They are a social enterprise and um, around 85% of their workforce are severely visually impaired. Many of them are completely blind and they are paid fairly and they are taught skills and they are trained and readied for the workforce outside of Beco. And if that's never going to happen, if they have too many difficulties, they are retained at Beco and offered employment there. Also, and this is important because it's all very well doing good, but their products are beautiful. They look gorgeous and it's all very well doing a nice thing and then expecting people to buy like some, some horrible looking thing that doesn't perform, but their products are really beautiful. They look really cool. Um, I've got them in the bathroom on the top floor of my house. Love them. Um, they're just like a real force for good. And I believe in social enterprise as a thing as well. Social enterprise is where you run something as a business, but you put a significant amount of profit into a social cause. And so you still have entrepreneurial spirit. You still want to create something marvelous. You still want to create something commercial, but you give back a significant amount of your profits into paying it forward. And I think that's a model that I really believe in. Well, they're amazing, Soapco. There's such you can get them in John Lewis now. Big plug for Soapco. Oh, really? I should say that I'm an ambassador for a social enterprise scheme for for Beco and Soapco, but I don't get paid for it, so I've got no. I do it for free, so I've got no vested interest in recommending them. But I should declare it. Um, I genuinely, and I became an ambassador for them because I absolutely love the product and I'd been posting how much I loved it and then they approached me. So I should make that clear. And I don't make any money from it, but it is just such a magic. You love them, don't you? You've been to see them. We actually went there on Wednesday. Okay. I just think they've taken a minute to think, all right, if we made a few tweaks here, we could make this workforce accessible to so many more people. And I just wonder what the world would be like if more people thought like that. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. They're making proper change. To just kind of touch on you, I, I actually, I hadn't considered this point, but I'm so glad it's come to me. So one of the things I always tell you is I met one of my very best friends through you. Um, I think there's something really different about your whole community that is a community. You don't just, you know, rock up, read your column and close the Guardian for the day. There is a real united gang of women that loves having a chat with you. 
so this time last year when I'd first moved to London, I love Waterstones. I love going to a Waterstones oh, event. I used to go to them in Birmingham all the time after work. So I thought, right, I'll rock up to Waterstones. And you had an event not long after I'd come with um, Lauren Laverne. Oh, did, like, the one on Tottenham thing. Court Road. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So I thought, right, park up here, cut the glasses of wine, sat down next to this girl, Caroline. She ended up being hysterical. She's from the same part of Kerry as my mom. We were having all the chats. She lives down the road from you. That's something I think that um, is so unique about what I, you bring to the beauty industry. Well, it's funny because every you could be interviewing literally anybody in the industry and they would say that they've got the best readers and followers. Okay, so obviously everyone is massively biased. Um, I would agree that yours are the best. I See, I think... Mine are lovely. They're a different kettle of fish. They will have a drink with you. They will get to know you. They'll have a chat. But also they're really engaged with charity. They're definitely more engaged with charity than most. Definitely. Definitely. Brands have told me that they can't believe how engaged my readers are with social causes. The very um, jumper I am wearing. Yeah, I you're wearing my jumper. That I wore specially. So Rose is wearing my lipstick literature and liberalism uh, uh, sweatshirt that I designed for Lisa Macario after my friend Carrie died to raise money for Sarcoma UK. So loads of my readers bought those sweatshirts. But and now there's a bag. Out. There's a bag as well. You is can there? have that. Yeah, yeah. She makes a bag due to popular demand, which wasn't my idea. But but even this jumper, I remember, flew out. And then I happened to wear it the other night in an IGTV video. And someone put, oh, it's that jumper. I've got that jumper. Yeah, I see people in the street wearing them quite often. And yeah. I love it. Obviously, it makes me so happy because of the massive donation they've made uh, to Sarcoma UK. But um, yeah, my, my readers are really, really socially conscious. And they are known for that as well. That's not just me speaking. They are known for that in the industry for being really plugged into social causes and politics and charity and so on. They're great. I think they're the best. I am... so if I get recognized in the street, I was talking to uh, my friend Lauren about this recently and we were laughing because when I got get stopped in the street, which obviously tons of people on Instagram do all the time, the women who stop me and say, oh, hi, is it Sally? I really like your column or I follow you on Instagram, or whatever. They're always marching to do something. <laughs> <laughs> they never stop and meander. They've got like a coffee and a, like a work bag or they're somewhere carrying a they've folder. Got a they've always got somewhere they're going to be. And they're always like somebody you'd be mates with I never get I never get sort of awful people obviously I get trolls the way everybody else does and I've read some truly horrible stuff about myself online but in terms of the women who read me they're always brilliant in my experience like when they come to events at Selfridges or whatever um I always I'm always really pleased to see them there was a time so when I used to work at Selfridges in the the beauty personal shopper capacity what I used to say to people coming in was look bring your makeup bag because I think all of us are guilty of having a load of stuff lots of which is probably used once or twice or maybe you're not sure how to best use it or whatever it is and I used to say bring your bag because I'm not sending you home with something you've already got at home like let's use what's in there and the amount of times they'd open up the bag. What was that Chanel eyeshadow you used to love? Mirage or something? Mirage, the cream shadow. Still right. love it. 
that would come out. There'd be a suit cue cream foundation coming out. There'd be like a few telltale <laughs> things and I'd just go, Sally Hughes. Yeah. And they'd go, yes, that's how I found you. And it would just be, right, okay, we're instantly best friends then. Yeah, yeah. They're just hilarious. They're a different breed of woman. Yeah, they're nice. I've recently opened back up my Facebook group, which I closed a few years ago. I just opened it back up a few weeks ago. It was a bit of a weird one. I went on there to find something from an old post for something I was writing. And um, I just noticed there were still thousands of people there and I didn't know they were still there. So I said, oh, I can't. So, it, so they were still... talking because I'd closed it. Okay. But they, they hadn't unjoined. They were all still there. So I just posted because <gasps> I can still post because it's my group. I just posted, I can't believe there's still thousands of you here. Anyway, loads of people responded to that post because they could answer a okay. post but not post themselves. Okay. And so, and loads of them said, oh, I really miss it here or whatever. And I thought, oh, I'll just see how it goes. So I just clicked the button. To the, open it again. To open it again. And it's really busy. Oh, well, Everybody well, just took up where they left off. Well, I'll be taking it where I left yeah, off with Liz from called, the train. Yeah, it's called Sally Hughes Get the Look on Facebook. You have to apply to join, but only to stop spammers and stuff. We'll let you in. Okay, well, I think this is a nice time for us to have yet another top up within these glasses. I've got to make videos later. I'll be legless. Well, they'll be good to watch. Yeah. We'll all enjoy tuning yeah. into those. Yeah, if you find me um, particularly slurry and repetitive in videos this week, it'll be because of this. Um, You'll know what day yeah. it was. Um, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's been my absolute pleasure. Anything for you, Rose Gallagher. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for listening today and if you enjoyed the show I would love to see you again next week because I'm going to be joined by Dominic Skinner. He's going to tell us all about the Mac Beaver Glam movement. He's going to go into loads of detail about what they've achieved because they've actually raised $500 million for HIV and AIDS charities since they launched it 25 years ago. So it's a really incredible story. Um, if you enjoyed the show today please subscribe and leave a review. It it would really mean the world to me you can also tweet me at rose gallagher xx message me on instagram at mixed gems beauty and find out more about everything you've heard today in the show notes thank you so much and i'll speak to you next time